This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Hi, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Been a dramatic week, of course, and the invasion of Ukraine continues, but stock markets across the world have rebounded as investor concerns have eased about the severity of sanctions imposed on Russia. Are you surprised how far the markets have come back today? I mean, obviously, the United States led the way yesterday, and the UK stock market, for instance, has almost regained all of what it lost yesterday. It's uh, a bit of a surprise. I I understand that it's down to the fact that the sanctions against Russia, which include freezing uh, bank assets and cutting off uh, state-owned enterprises, they stop short of disconnecting Russia from SWIFT, that's the international banking system, of course, and targeting the oil and gas exports. Is that the reason why markets have rebounded? Because those sanctions aren't quite as severe as many had predicted. I think uh, markets had a lot to process, and yes, the the sanctions were um, not tough at all. And uh, I, I think one of the reasons why is that um, if you would have hard hitting sanctions, it would not just punish Russia; it would punish Europe. And we have to remember that Russia is a key contributor to the global economy. Uh, we, we focus so much on their energy, but they also provide wheat. They provide uh, neon, which um, it's roughly 90% of the neon that's used in semiconductor chips comes from Russia. So, so you really have uh, a lot of dependency on Russian goods uh, for the global economy. And um, you're not going to immediately uh, kick them out of SWIFT because, well, a lot of these payments are going to be done on that type of, on that network. So I think that you saw, um, you know, markets were, you know, completely. You know, you know, first half of the the invasion. You know, it, it was global turmoil, and you saw, uh, you know, stock volatility. Everything was uh, there was there was panic selling, de-risking. You saw uh, flight to safety. Um, I mean, gold looked like it was about to run to two thousand. <laughs> uh, uh, treasury yields were, were were plummeting, and and I, I think what happened was. Uh, um, a lot of investors, uh, especially in the U.S., and this is what really kind of kick-started it, was that you had the NASDAQ fall into bear market territory. So that's a 20% decline from the record highs from just a few months ago. Uh, the Dow went into correction territory. That was a 10% drop from their, their highs. And and you you have to remember there there has been so many investors that have been heading to the sidelines they've been fearful of inflation they've been fearful of an aggressive fed and they've been holding on to cash and while the the market right now is is under they it has the belief that uh this um these geopolitical tensions, and uh, I, I say tensions because we still don't know exactly how some other uh, stories will unfold, whether it's uh, Iran nuclear talks, whether it's uh, China making a decision on uh, what to do with the South China Sea. Uh, you're you're going to see that there's, 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 there's a lot of other risks that are still on the table here. Uh, but, but investors still believe that uh, the U.S. economy is still strong, that you're 
going to see, um, yes, globalization is going to take a big hit. Yes, trade uh, is, is going to weaken, uh, but uh, there, there has been a, um, an attractive uh, entry point because you saw real yields um, once again become more negative. You saw um, um, you know, significant discounts, and uh, I think there's a lot of companies that still have reasonable earnings growth and their valuations all of a sudden were, were looking pretty good. And, and that's what triggered um, a, a tremendous amount of buying into this, um, uh, you know, precipitous fall that we saw with equities. So, so that provided um, a, a major uh, entry point for a lot of investors. And then uh, I, I think that you, 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 you have to understand that, you know, this, um, no one knows exactly how uh, this uh, Russia-Ukraine crisis is going to unfold, but uh, um, I think you know. Then, then people were taking a look at today's headlines, and it seems that um, you know we could be in for a little bit of a period of possible talks uh, where um, you, you you might you might see um, a little bit of a pause in in um, escalating. Um, tensions here but uh, I, I, I still think that the, the risks you know are extremely heightened uh, but for for now y yes you know there, there there was that initial rebound and and uh, I, I think that uh, you know what, what's really going to complicate um, you know the I think the outlook for investors is that uh, you know this war in Ukraine is 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 going to do one thing that's pretty pretty um i think agreed upon it's going to continue to feed into that inflationary fear and uh i, I think that you're you're probably going to continue to see that uh you know central banks are going to be tested um some some economies are going to be looking at much slower growth prospects this year and they're going to still have runaway inflation so i think that uh you know this is this is this is not an easy market right now. And I think you're still going to see, um, you know, stock market volatility remain um, extremely elevated and um, right. Right. But for, for long-term investors, uh, no, I think they're, you know, the, the, um, the early belief is that if you're holding on to equities for, for many years, that, uh, you know, this is still looking like a good entry point. Um, and uh, that's why you have a lot of investors that are um, confidently, um, you know, scaling back into stocks, and and you have to remember too, there there have been several investors that totally missed the COVID rebound. They were waiting for a retest of those lows, and a lot of people totally missed out. So, I, I think you're seeing some people come in, um, but uh, I, I think you're going to probably see that uh, this this market is. Uh, I'm going to remain extremely volatile. And, you know, we have the, you know, the VIX down sharply today, but I, I think you'll probably see, you know, down 8% today of around 2780. So you'll probably see that, uh, um, I think uh, going into the weekend, you know, it, it is, this is a difficult um, market to, to hold on to risk over, over a couple of days. So um, um, it'll be interesting to see how price action is into the close. Yes, indeed. Markets are very volatile and, I suppose one could question as to whether the West is holding back from elevating those sanctions because it wants to leave some options open to put pressure on Russia or, as you've suggested, whether it's merely worried about its own economies if the banking system and gas supplies were crippled. Because 
if they decided to shut off that gas supply and not actually trade with Russia, then goodness knows what that would do to the price of gas. But maybe no pain, no gain, because you've got a situation where Russia are threatening the peace of the world. There's no doubt about it. But at the moment, it looks like they're going to get away with it because we're too scared of crippling our own economies. They definitely are in a position of power right now. And uh, you, I think uh, a lot of a lot of investors are surprised that uh, um, I, I think military conflict was expected. Um, I, th- I think that you, you're probably seeing that uh, um, everyone has been so fixated over the global energy crisis that, um, you know, you know, Europe is especially Germany is, is you know, they, they, they need it. They need Russian energy and you can't make up for that shortfall. And I, I think there's been a lot of traders that have been trying to say, well, you know, well, maybe that'll motivate, you know, the Americans to wrap up a, a, a revival of that Iran nuclear deal. Well, you can't just, you know, swap Iran sanctions for Russian sanctions and say, well, you know, Iran can make up the difference for for some of that. Um, you know, uh, it, it takes time to ramp up production. And uh, I, I think that on, on as far as the What's providing some calm is that, um, is, is for for natural gas, is that you're 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 still fortunately we're we're we're, we're you know making our way through winter, uh, and uh, it, it it seems that um, you know natural we we have enough inventories. Um, I think that the belief is that there is enough inventories to to handle the rest of this winter. It's the following winter that's the problem. That's and that could be a very crippling effect for the economy and for you know many households um, abroad, uh, me being in the U.S. Uh, so so I think you're you're probably going to see that the uh, you know these energy price swings are not going to go away anytime soon, and 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 that's that is uh, going to continue to feed into uh, these um, inflationary pressures, which is you know no undoubtedly going to you know force um, every central bank to um, have to act um, a lot more aggressively, even though, you know, kind of the, the knee-jerk reaction is that, whoa, you, you, you have war, you have um, um, some parts of the economy that are going to take an immediate hit from that, uh, that um, you, you t- typically sometimes um, exercise some caution and you don't want to tighten into that environment. But given where prices are going, you're, you're going to see a lot of central banks go forward with their, their tightening schedules. Yeah, and it's definitely been a mild winter, hasn't it? Certainly on this side of the Atlantic, Ed, and I think on yours as well. And we're almost at the end of February. Uh, So, um, yeah, you're already talking about next winter rather than concerns about whether or not we were going to be under pressure this time around. It hasn't really happened. Staying with energy, though, I wanted to ask you about oil. And question, I suppose, is what is driving oil markets? Because it is a very confusing picture at the moment oil prices of course as we now famously know exceeded a hundred dollars a barrel as uh, russia invaded ukraine on uh, thursday morning and prices have now fallen back what is happening it's been a very long week covering oil um i think i've done over 25 oil interviews <laughs> uh, i i i will, will say that you, you have to take a look at what was driving oil before uh, the the war in Ukraine. Um, it, you you had a very tight oil market. You had 
um, rising prices because um, you know demand has been improving and you've had OPEC plus who has been um, very hesitant in, in ramping up production and they've also been very poor at hitting their quotas um, you had US production which you know the, the recounts have been going up but because we had an Arctic blast um, that really derailed um, um, a lot of US production and US production you know for the most part has flatlined um, so you you had a very tight market and then you you had uh, this ma major geopolitical shock uh, and and uh, you know we, we saw oil prices uh, both Brent and WTI you know break above that century mark uh and and uh you know the the, the fear was that uh you were going to see that uh there 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 could be uh, some major disruptions in um energy supplies to europe and and what happened was that uh you know we we, we saw prices then kind of uh retreat um once it was uh, apparent that oh these sanctions they're not targeting um, um russian energy uh, and because and it makes sense because you know you would you would be punishing Europe, um, and 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 then what also uh, happened was you had the the Biden administration was also you know once again talking about tapping their strategic reserves and doing a, another coordinated effort, um, and 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 you, you saw that uh, it it seemed that the initial. Um, um, shock to to keep prices going higher um that was kind of taken off the table uh and then you know this morning you you saw oil continue to pull back um you know on those reports that president putin is open to talks so so i, I think you you know we're 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 still seeing a, a market that uh is, is is going to be extremely sensitive to um anything with um anything that could uh disrupt uh, russian crude deliveries or um via, whether it's via sanctions whether uh the invasion intensifies and you you, you start to um see some concerns that um, um the the next round of uh retaliation by uh the EU and US is, is going to be much more hard-hitting um, and then also too, uh, Iran nuclear talks uh, this is one this kind of got lost in, 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 the, in the pages uh, um, but there was expectations that you know there could have been an agreement done uh, by now and and I think there's there's this belief that you could see an Iran a framework for um, that deal to get revived with along with sanction relief which would pave the way for a lot of iranian uh crude supplies to to, to come to market in the coming months which would really um, um uh, be a game changer for um, a lot of investors uh overwhelmingly uh bullish outlook for crude uh, so so i think there's there's a lot at stake uh and uh, i know we're not doing a week ahead but you know next week there is that pivotal um opec meeting on output for april production and uh they're they're expected to go ahead with their their um gradual 400,000 barrel per day increase which um is not going to um i think really make anyone happy but uh it shows you they're showing some restraint and there is some uncertainty given 
there there is a a little bit of a a hit to demand right now, um, and uh, I, I think that uh, you're you're, you're going to probably see oil prices are just going to really become uh, a, a, a very sensitive to any geopolitical uh, headline that's you know Ukraine or Iran nuclear talk related, um, and and also to we're going to hear some posturing, some comments over these next few days as far as what OPEC might be willing to do and to tweak. And remember, OPEC Plus does include the Russians. So this is always going to be a, a very um, uh, tense meeting, um, given um, there, 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 there could be some um, future uh, penalties uh, or restrictions on Russian crude. So uh, a lot will be driving oil, but I, I, I still think you know the market is so tight and uh, you're, 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 you're having, I think, a lot of traders, you know, still um, anticipating that, you know, you, you could still see $110, $120 oil uh, over the short term. And, and um, right now we're, you know, w, WTI is back below, uh, it's around the low 90s, $91, and Brent is around 97. So there's, uh, it's been uh, quite the roller coaster ride for energy traders. Okay, let's move away from Russia and Ukraine. And let's talk about the US data that is out today, plenty of it. And more concerns, I think, for the Fed about inflation, with some suggesting that increase next month is going to be a half point increase rather than a quarter point. What do you think? Right now, um I think the the market is is uh, still leaning towards it's going to be just a 25 basis point increase. Uh, there has been uh, a lot of hot inflation data, and today you, you saw it again. The Fed's favorite inflation gauge um, uh, hit the highest levels since the early 90s. Uh, we're talking, you know, Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan times. This is this is going back a while, and and I, I think that you're you're seeing that um, you know the direction is still higher, and the the belief is that you know these uh, geopolitical tensions are just going to continue to pressure uh, prices into um, possibly um, um, maybe a, a few more months of of, of elevated uh, swings. And 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 I think you know you know two months ago we were talking that you know this. This could be the peak, <laughs> so so I think that th this is definitely going to complicate um, what uh, the Fed will want to do. And and right now, uh, you know, you only have three Fed members that have said they could support that half point increase: Waller, Bullard, and Bowman. So I think that you're not going to have a strong case just yet for that half point increase. Um, I think um, it will really come down to what happens with the March 10th uh, February inflation report. And uh, we have to remember that that one, you know, inflation pressures are expected to, you know, edge higher uh, on a month over month basis. I think people are still expecting it to to, to continue to rally. Uh, so 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 that that's going to be closely watched. But I mean, last, you know, last month, uh, the the annual pace was at seven and a half percent. So I mean, if, if, if we're if we're, we're continuing to see that make a, you know, a move towards eight, uh, that you know does not make it that hard to to you know to make that um, you know switch to to going for that half point increase. So I think uh, that will probably uh, dictate what happens as far as um, that that'll be the last major 
data point before the Fed decides uh, on on what to do. So um, it no, I, I think you you know you had a a big round of data, and what was interesting too though was uh, with with U.S. incomes, and this is this is going to be very interesting because the incomes for for January were flat, but spending went up a lot, and so you're you're not going to be able to continue to see the consumer be strong if they continue to dip into savings. So, I think that uh, you know your your you know today's data showed that you know the Omicron impact was was limited, uh, consumer was strong, business spending picked up dramatically durable goods was rather impressive uh, but this is all before um, what uh, what developed um, between um, Russia and Ukraine so I, I think that uh, uh, not much of a market reaction but as far as Fed policy goes it does it does set up for uh, you know that that upcoming CPI report to be uh, the deciding factor on if it's extremely hot then yes you could make that case for that half point increase but if it if it just if it's a tick or two higher than the prior, um, then I, I don't think you'll see the, the Fed go for a much more, for a supersized rate hike. It's amazing, Ed, you just mentioned Omicron, and you know it didn't even occur to me that we'd be talking about coronavirus at all today. We've had two years of it, and you know along comes this crisis in Eastern Europe, which has certainly superseded it, and Things are almost back to normal from the pre-COVID point of view. It's quite extraordinary how things can turn around so quickly, isn't it? <laughs> it, it it is. I I feel though that uh, it, it it's you know we're 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 getting closer. We're getting closer. I mean, I, I did have to give a, a nose test to to one of my kids uh, for for appointments for playgroups and different activities and meetings. Uh, they're still required, so uh, uh, we're we're getting closer. Um, but uh, I I think that uh, when you take a look at the way how cases are have you know you know we saw the the holiday peak you know the Christmas, New Year's you know cases are um, uh, much lower. Um, you're, you're but you're you're not seeing a pickup in. Um, like outdoor, you know, rest, indoor dining, indoor shopping. So uh, I, I think they're, they're, that that does tell a story. And, and return to office um, has has not really been noticeable. Um, I, I had a uh, I went for a annual checkup, and uh, I remember riding the subway, and I was like, "This is empty." And uh, thinking like, you know, we're we're beyond the peak, and uh, there was just still. Uh, you know, it, it just seems like the city is uh, nowhere near back to, to normal. But um, hopefully, hopefully that that you know does not last much longer, and uh, we can really get back to the normal. Yeah, I think people are more reluctant to go back because they just don't want to go back, regardless <laughs> of the virus itself. They've got so used to this uh, working from home culture, it's going to take a lot more uh, than a quite quiet period of uh, low COVID rates. But anyway, let's move on. Um, before we talk about the week ahead, quick one on Bitcoin, which has also endured a torrid time of late, partially because of the crisis in Ukraine, but has also bounced back uh, over the last 24 hours and uh, actually uh, regained quite a lot of its lost ground. Very much so. I, you know, Bitcoin's rebound, it, it coincided with uh, what happened with the NASDAQ. I think that, uh, uh, you know, Bitcoin um, is the um, ultimate risky asset. And for the most part, uh, you're seeing that um, there is uh, 
there, there were some, you know, significant scares for a lot of crypto investors. Um, you know, I think I think that uh, you know you, you had a massive wave of institutional money come into place last year, and we we're flirting with a lot of those entry points. And uh, I, I think you know if if, if thirty thousand broke, then you were going to see um, possible panic selling, and that 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 was something that was a, it was a risk. It, but you know for the most part, it seems that uh, Bitcoin has survived um, a major threat there. And and uh, no, right now uh, you know the the crypto news has been it's been quiet on the crypto front. Um, it's just really reacting to. Uh, risk appetite on Wall Street. Um, but uh, I, I think there there is, uh, you know, also this big ar- argument amongst crypto traders that, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing the way how, um, you know, everyone's talking about the SWIFT uh, banking network and, you know, the, you know, the one of the workarounds of, of Finding a better system is is using crypto and blockchain and and uh, figuring out a, a you know a, a better way um, as far as you know providing you know instant transactions transparency and um, I, I think that um, there there uh, there's uh, this I think emphasis with DeFi again that you know you, you know crypto is is still going to change. The way the world runs, and and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's going to take a lot longer than I think a lot of uh, these uh, crypto uh, investors and uh, savants want. But I think you're going to see that there is uh, there is uh, still uh, I think um, a lot of um, interest there, um, and I think that now that we've seen the brunt of the abandonment of a lot of these high-flying tech stocks and uh, crypto tied companies um, you know there you know this could this could be a, an opportunity where you'll you'll continue to see crypto stabilize and if that if that happens then I think um, you know we're we're, we're probably going to see um, investors uh, become more confident in, in getting back in but but for the most part I think uh, you know we're, we're we're far from over as far as saying I mean it, it, it's going to take a long time um, for for uh, risk appetite to feel confident in, in this environment, you 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 have a war in Ukraine that no one knows how long this will really last, and the inflationary pressures it will have on central banks. So I think that you, you're you're not going to um, be able to answer that question. You know, will the Fed have a policy mistake? And uh, you know, until until that there is a lot more clarity as far as uh, that goes. You, you're probably still looking at a very range-bound Bitcoin, where um, for I think for the majority of the year, you're you're probably looking at it trading between, you know, 35 and 50,000, and uh, um, it will still be very vulnerable to to, to massive shocks, especially if uh, you start to see the uh, regulation uh, that um, is is coming from the the U.S. become um, somewhat crippling to stable coins, which could um, really uh, just kind of kind of uh, take apart a key part of the the crypto world, where um, that would not be anticipated. But uh, I, I still think there's, uh, you know, I, I'm not 
thinking you're going to see any rush decisions or actions. I think there's still we're still in the exploratory stage as far as how to regulate crypto. Um, but uh, but uh, I think there's um, you know a lot of traders are um, trying to figure out the best approach, and and that's why you're seeing um, I think a lot of investors are spreading their crypto investments across a, a batch of of altcoins, and that's why the you know the interest is not just with Bitcoin, but it's with Ethereum with Matic, Terra Luna, Polkadot, and Solana, and, and so many others. So you're you're seeing that the space is is still is uh, still attracting um, interest, but uh, I, I think that uh, until you really have uh, the all clear signal, and right now a lot of those crypto influencers they've been quiet. They've been saying like they've been really just saying you know you gotta you gotta buy and hold. You gotta wait this one out. You get and uh, I think that um, you know they're 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 kind of um, anticipating that you know this is going to be a choppy period here for bitcoin okay ed let's talk about the week ahead and uh, obviously from a geopolitical point of view it's a, a who knows scenario anything could happen over the next few days and we hope uh, that things may calm down a little we mustn't forget the people of uh, of eastern europe as well because they're the ones that are going to bear the brunt of all this but let's talk about from an economic a market's point of view what are you looking out for this week and i think right now the you know the the, the primary um focus for every investor right now it, yes you're right it is the war in europe you know it's, this is the the most serious war in europe since 1945 so we're, we're, we're really um going to see that that is is going to be the, the primary driver for risk appetite um but uh, in addition to that uh you're you're also uh, COVID restrictions ease, uh, I think for economic data, and uh, let's just focus on Europe right now. Uh, we're going to have uh, Euro area headline inflation, which is going to hit the highest uh, level since uh, the, the creation of the Euro. And so I think that uh, you're, you're, you're seeing you know, these higher energy prices really be the catalyst there. And, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of investors here are, um, you know, trying to get a sense, you know, you've seen some pushback from the ECB's uh, speakers saying that uh, maybe uh, they're, they're, they're not quite ready to remove stimulus just yet. Uh, so what it'll be, I think, closely watched to see exactly how, how hot things uh, prices get for Europe. Um, as, as far as um, um, what else is on the, the calendar, I think uh, um, a lot of traders will also pay close attention to the ECB's uh, minutes uh, for the uh, February decision. Uh, that's going to be closely watched. Uh, uh, President Lagarde um, said ECB won't ra raise rates this year, but uh, I think there's going to be, uh, everyone's going to be dissecting that, those notes just to, to get a better sense of um, where they were on inflation and uh, just trying to get a better assessment on how the current geopolitical tensions are, are going to change uh, the ECB. Um, you, you also have some interesting data from Turkey, which I know, uh, you know, I, I, if, if this podcast could be an hour, we probably would have had a, <laughs> a good segment for Turkey, but uh, inflation for them is supposed to uh, rise above 50%. Uh, so that's about just over 10 times their central bank's target. Um, and uh, that's that's really going to uh, weigh on the economy. And uh, and as we you know, just to remind our listeners, uh, you know, Turkey is not taking a normal 
uh, approach to monetary policy. They've been cutting rates instead of raising them. Uh, so I think uh, investors will, will pay close attention to that one. Um, and uh, as, as far as uh, some other data, um, uh, we'll have uh, on Wednesday, UK nationwide house prices. Uh, you know, Thursday is the uh, Turkish CPI report with the uh, ECB's monetary policy count. And then on Friday, we'll have uh, France's industrial production. And what about Asia, Ed? I saved Asia uh, because uh, this this one, normally um, we would lead with uh, China's manufacturing PMIs. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they, they bounce back into expansion territory. Now they're expected to fall uh, back into contraction uh, territory. So this is a, this is like a back and forth. Uh, the, 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 the market is, is really uh, getting, um, an unclear picture as far as what is uh, happening with Chinese economic activity. Uh, there, there was a little bit of crimping of activity because of the the, the Lunar New Year holiday, um, and you know the PBOC has been fairly active. Uh, so, so that that's going to be a, a key report to watch, and that happens on Tuesday. Um, Japan industrial production um, is also uh, just before that on Monday. Um, there's there's a an RBA decision, they're expected to keep rates steady. Um, and and after the February announcement, they um, ended their purchase uh, program. So um, I think uh, the RBA decision should is uh, somewhat, um, there's not room for many surprises, I believe. Um, and then also we'll, we'll have um, GDP uh, for the fourth quarter for Australia, which should show a, a, a solid expansion there. And then, um, and then lastly, U.S. There's there's a lot of economic data, uh, non-farm payrolls um, expected to uh, soften a little bit, uh, but still, um, um, the expectations are that you're you're going to see 400,000 jobs created, you know, down from the 467,000 from uh, the uh, January report, um, you know, and Unemployment rate could improve to 3.9%. That's just a, a tick of improvement. Uh, and what I think a lot of traders will will really try to to focus on is that you're you're also going to have Fed Chair Powell deliver his uh, semi-annual uh, testimony to both the House and Senate. Um, they're going to be grilling him on what you know what is the um, you know the global turmoil that has stemmed from the Russian invasion of Ukraine and what does that do to Fed policy? So uh, that is, is going to be a, a key focal point for a lot of traders, two days of, of, uh, of fun of listening with a, a Fetcher pal trying to avoid locking himself into any positions. Um, there, there, there are also a handful of other Fed members speaking, but I think um, you know most investors will just pay close attention to Fed Chair Powell because this will be um, his, his first uh, major uh, appearance uh, post uh, the invasion in, of Ukraine. Okay, Ed. Have a good weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.